Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1, where we challenge the assumptions of our current society to resist oppression and investigate alternative ways of living for a world based on justice, solidarity, and sustainability. Welcome everyone, this is The Paradigm Shift with Ian. Today's show on The Paradigm Shift is a tribute to Uncle Sam Watson, who is a, a remarkable person who has had a big influence on our history, whether we know it or not. I'd just like to quote one of his favourite bands, Mop and the Dropouts. The very first Australians around, the very first people to be down, and why we fight is to be recognised, only to be failed by your blind eyes. Yes, only to be failed by your blind eyes. And that's um, the song Brisbane Blacks by Mop and the Dropouts. It is true that Sam Watson was a leader of the Brisbane Blacks, like Pastor Don Brady was before him. Auntie Kath Walker, Ujuru, had a great influence on Sam, as she did on many others, myself included. And of course, Sam Watson Sr., his father and his grandfather all shared the same name. The Watson family is a very strong, talented clan of people. Uncle Ross Watson, for example, set up Murray Radio here in the studios of 4 Z, And now it has, it broadcasts as uh, 98.9. And, and it has very, it's a sister station to us, and we take that relationship very dear indeed. Over time, Sam became more than the voice of Brisbane Blacks. There are very few like him. He was a very confident man. He was confident of who he was and where he was from. He was grounded in this place, something that made him very easy to relate to. And this gave Sam confidence to know and understand others. In a few words, he could sum up people in a kind way, never disparaging. This combined with his sense of humour made Sam very easy to like. Sam told me a story once about an accident at a railway bridge just near where I live. He asked me if I'd heard of the time that a lorry that was too high, you know, sometimes they try to go under those bridges and they're too high, and it ran into the bridge, thus sort of wedging itself uncomfortably but firmly beneath the railway sleepers. Now, Queensland Rail brought out all of their best engineers, Sam told me, and they're trying to work out how do we extract this big semi without damaging the bridge. Now, this was important because the line above the road carried commuters home from the city and grain and goods to the port of Brisbane. The experts were scratching their head, heads until, Sam said, a black fella was walking by and said, hey fellas, just let the truck's tyres down and then you'll be able to tow it out from under the bridge. And then Sam made his comment, now that's 
blackfella ingenuity. There's a lot of reasons to criticise my generation. Sam and I come from the same generation of activists, but Sam Watson is not one of them. Lay me down the sacred ground Keep me from the cold Wrap me in your deep warm earth Where the stars can see my soul Take me where them trees stand tall By the waters in the river bend Let me face the rising sun Commend my spirit to the wind Make no monuments of mortal crowns Or speak my name again when you lay me down Lay me where the forest blooms In the land that's seen no Shrouded sheet, yeah. Wrap me in the mother earth so I can nurture the land rebirth. Give me joy and give me song. Carry the struggle wide and long. Do not grieve and do not weep. Mortal memories are all we keep, yeah. No monuments and mortal crowns Don't speak my name again when you lay me down
Yes, uh, that was, of course, uh, Kev Carmody doing eulogy for a black man, and that's what this show is today. It's a tribute to Uncle Sam Watson, who passed away on Thursday. Um, our condolences go out to Arnie Kath and to the, the big Watson clan. I'm going to try to give you some idea of um, what uh, Sam Watson stood for and what effect he's had upon our lives here in Queensland. If we go back, um, Sam and I both went to university together, um, as did Auntie Kath. Um, he was at the University of Queensland when I was there, and uh, during that time, of course, very big uh, issues were challenged, and Sam was part of those challenges, the, uh, the uh, campaign against Australia's involvement in Vietnam, and then, of course, when uh, the... Uh, Springbok Rugby Union team came to Queensland, it was opposed because it was a, a team that was selected upon racial grounds. And Sam fought all his life against racism, and this was no exception. He took up the cudgels and he challenged the Queensland government and um, the, the, the authority that all Aboriginal people were under. At that time, they were under the axe. Um, but let's... Let's hear a little bit about it. Um, Sam, in February of this year, attended a demonstration at the University of Queensland and he was arguing that the university pay heed to Aboriginal uh, ownership of the land and also to pay some respect to our heritage that goes back way before colonisation. So let's just hear an introduction for Sam and... Uh, uh, and and then hear uh, Sam himself talking about the the history of that place and how we all became involved in struggles for democratic rights uh, against racism uh, for 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 really workers' rights for trade unions here in Queensland. Here in 1971, and he might touch upon this story himself, and I don't want to steal too much of his thunder. But I understand that before he started here, he was invited to a meeting at the then Department of Native Affairs, as they called it, and warned by senior bureaucrats of that department to stay away from the campus radicals. And it was just the incentive he needed. Within six months of arriving here and commencing his studies, he'd not only met up with them, he had become one of them. He has been an activist for all of his life, fighting for the rights of Australia's First Nations peoples and for justice and freedom for people everywhere. He was an instrumental figure in the campaigns in the 1970s to smash the draconian acts that held down Aboriginal people in this state and for land rights. And he was a leader of the protests against the Commonwealth Games and the Bicentenary. And he continues to be very active in fighting against colonisation and racism. Please welcome political activist, teacher, author, and Aboriginal elder and leader, Sam Watson. Thanks very much for the uh, invitation to be here. Um, we've had a long connection to this country, so my mob are uh, part of the Shepherd people for the Jaguar language group. And our country, our family's country, sends from down the border ranges there, right the way through the Logan River and up north the Sunshine Coast. So this is 
special country and uh, there are very important sites and ceremony places right the way along through this uh, through this area uh, from the from the city, Mianjin and Miganchen, um, up to the mountain, Mount Kuta, which then is gateway into the Great Dividing Ranges. So there's uh, there's a number of very important song lines uh, and ceremony places right through this area. So it's a little bit sad that uh, you can walk right across this uh, this huge campus and you can't see anything that really acknowledges or even attempts to celebrate the fact that uh, this country has such an historical and cultural connection to so many uh, wide and vibrant indigenous cultures from, the, from this area. Because this is an important place during that, uh, that time of the Bunyanut harvest as well. So I started my degree out here in 1970 and as our uh, facilitator said, I was called in to meet uh, this, this white fellow by the name of Patrick Cloran. He was the uh, State Protector of Native Affairs. And he called me into his office and said, uh, look, uh, you're going to start your uh, law studies next week. And he said, what you've got to do is steer clear of those bloody ratbag radicals out there. They're all bloody communists. I want to bring the, bring the country down. So he, uh, he took me into the office and gave me uh, $20 for the welfare fund. He said, yeah, buy yourself a soft drink. <laughs> next time I fronted him was in November that year when we led a Smash the Axe campaign right into his office and threw about 200 coppers and uh, he bowled it the other way. So I uh, said, so I've still got 20 bucks, mate, you know? So, so this, is, uh, this campaign's important to, to me because I was the first one of my family to, to make it through to university. I started my degree in 1970. Still haven't finished it yet. One day I will. <laughs> one day I will. Um, but so many things happened out here. Um, and it is through that engagement, through between our mob and the, and the broader uh, so-called radical, radicalised community uh, that we, we learnt so much. We had a number of very important state and federal conferences here. Uh, the Federal Council met here. We headed up the Smash the Axe campaign because the Protectionist Acts had been introduced in Queensland back in the 1890s and the Acts were still in place back then in the 1960s, 1970s. So any time I stepped out of line I could have been shotgunned under those acts and shifted to Sherberg or Rabinda, Palm Island. So could have been held under house arrest because under those protectionist acts, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people had no rights. Our lives were fully regulated. Uh, so we head up the Smash the Axe campaign and we did some uh, amazing work and we reached out and set up networks uh, right through Sherberg, Borabinda, up under Palm, up under the Cape. And we started to make uh, our mob politically aware of the history of the acts and the way in which they regulated, controlled our lives. When the apartheid regime was actually set up in uh, South Africa back in the 1950s, 1960s, the administrators used the Queensland Protectionist Acts in order to frame their legislation. So that's how devastating they were. So that Smash the Axe campaign uh, 
we've fought and fought hard, uh, and particularly during the, uh, the Springbok demonstrations in July 1971, when uh, there was a, a mass campaign of national uh, outrage. At the time, the Springboks first landed in Perth, played in Melbourne, Sydney, and then up here in uh, Toowoomba and Brisbane. We had uh, mass meetings across this campus. We had one, one brilliant meeting over there in the, the Great Court that drew, I think, about two and a half, three thousand people, maybe even more. And Aboriginal speakers from across our community, people like uh, Aunty Kath Walker, Udry Noonuckle, Uncle Don Brady, Uncle Dennis Walker, came out here and spoke to students and told them about uh, the way in which the acts worked, about the appalling conditions under which Aboriginal people lived and functioned. Because even back in those early days in the 60s and 70s, the uh, arrest rates were phenomenal. The, the coppers back in those days had actual set quotas where they'd take their big black bands out on a Thursday and Friday night and they had a set number of blacks they had to arrest and charge. So we, we started programs, monitoring programs, and we started to go into the courts and we started to actually enter pleas not guilty to a lot of these bullshit charges. So this connection that existed between, the, that built up between the, uh, the Aboriginal community leadership and the, uh, the progressive activists from this campus was fundamental to the establishment of the, the Aboriginal Legal Services in the 1970s, 71. We also established connections with the medical school out here and that led to the establishment of the Aboriginal Island Community Health Services in 1973. We're also able to network with the architect students who work with our communities on how to design uh, living spaces that uh, were comfortable for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and culturally appropriate. So many things happened out here and a lot of it generated from this, this area here. I mean, even later in the in the 70s, it was the mob from Triple Z who started working with people like my uncle, Uncle Rossi Watson, to set up the uh, the Murray radio station. And they did that down there where Triple Z was at the uh, the back of the refect. So like I said, these, this area, um, looking at it through prison of my family, through our community, through all those different struggles from the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, the Joe campaign to, to freeze out, uh, stop the marches. Uh, so many of those great campaigns that uh, generate enormous support from the students, trade union, church groups, were headquartered here. Uh, and as, as a young kid coming through, I, I learnt so much from, from people here. Because at that time as well, back in the... Uh, 70, 70, 71, 72, it was also the beginning of the, uh, the early days of the women's movement. And a number of our average Torres Strait Islander women came out to meetings in the E.G. Whitlam room, that's, I don't know what it's called now, uh, used to be the room in there anyway. So, and our women started to network with, uh, with, with white women. Uh, and 
broke down uh, the, the way in which uh, sexism operated within, within our communities and across the society generally. So a number of different levels. The, uh, that, that relationship that existed between our community and uh, this space physically and the, the great leaders and radicals and activists of those, of those early years produced enormous outcomes for our mob because we, we smashed, we set up that Smash the Act campaign in 1970, 1971. And that took us only four to five years before those acts were actually removed from the statute books. Joby Jockey Peterson played it very smart because he converted those missions and reserves from being Aboriginal missions into what they call dogged communities, deeds of grant and trust. It was always feared that, uh, that Gough Whitlam was going to convert these places into one place where, where blacks could uh, just sit back and uh, draw the dole and, and get, wipe themselves out on, on booze and, uh, and bad thoughts. So does Joby Delkey Peterson. But that Smash the Axe campaign, as I said, started virtually here and uh, was carried through, reached its heights during those early 70s and then helped deliver those, those major community survival services. So this place is important to me. Uh, it saddens me that there, there, are no, uh, there are no records here, nothing that uh, honours or celebrates those times or that very special, many, many levelled uh, relationship between our mob and, uh, and students from this university. So I support this campaign, I'll continue to support it. And I really do hope that at some stage the university community does do something to, uh, to observe just how important this country is for our mob. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Mercedes Benz My friends all drive Porsches I must make amends Worked hard all my lifetime No help from my friends So oh Lord, won't you buy me A Mercedes Benz Oh Lord, won't you buy me A color TV Dialing four dollars is trying to find me i wait for delivery each day until three so oh lord won't you buy me a color tv oh lord won't you buy me a night on the town i'm counting on you lord please don't let me down prove that you love me and buy the next round oh lord won't you buy me a night on the town i suppose you're scratching your heads wondering why would i play janice jo why would i pay janice joplin's mercedes-benz on 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 a show which is a tribute to sam watson well it requires an explanation of course uh, sam is a child of the 70s and um when I went to see him, when I heard he was gravely ill, uh, the nurses at the Princess Alexandra Hospital, they ushered us in and we had to 
sterilise our hands and we saw the brother on the bed there literally fighting for his life but playing in the background was Janis Joplin which of course is a, obviously a favourite song of his and uh, someone had the bright idea to channel it into the into the room in, in the intensive care unit to try to spark up Sam and see if he could rally again but sadly it was not possible and he um, passed away on Thursday. Um, we, we're on the paradigm shift, it's 12.30, this is a, a tribute to Uncle Sam Watson um, and we're just going to go now to a song by Robert Wharton who also passed away this year, just actually one year ago to, to today. And uh, Robert was one of the Mary, many Brisbane blacks uh, from the Wharton clan who um, have uh, fought alongside Uncle Sam Watson and he, he's, he's written this song called River of Life. There's a place I know With muddy water running so low Where the moon is in full light That's when the fish is on the bike Muddy river on my mind Hear the night birds crying time That's the river light fire in a blaze Nature keeps me awake Yeah That's the river life Whoa That's the river life Memories of my childhood Never goes away At a women's spot where we all used to play Danger Island, Old Bridge, Red Hills, New Bridge, Sandy Point, and don't forget the way. Muddy River on my mind. Hear the night birds crying time. That's the river life. Place. Nature keeps me awake. Yeah, that's the river life. Whoa, that's the river life. La la la. La la la. That's the river life Keep the fire in a blaze Nature keeps me awake 
Robert Wharton with The River of Life. Robert passed away a year ago today and he um, uh, obviously has accepted um, the our fate in that song. Sam Watson was an unusual person. He took uh, a great interest in world events and particularly when they affected uh, the human rights of others and he often took up causes which... Um, you wouldn't expect people who are already struggling themselves for their own human rights to take up. And this is uh, Sam Watson who did a welcome at a Muslim Lives Matter rally some time ago. Let's let's go to that now. Yeah, grandson's going to uh, organise the smoking ceremony, which is important when we conduct whatever gathering during a time of uh, a sorry business. So, could I thank the, the organisers for inviting us along to be a part of this, uh, this very important ceremony. I'm uh, generally a little bit reluctant to come into the city square uh, because of that, uh, that sculpture above the entrance to the city hall. And uh, I'd ask people to, at some stage, have a good look at that, at that sculpture because uh, that records the exact history that we've been talking about for a long, long time, about the way in which the, the uh, European invaders invaded our sovereign lands and as you see these uh, heroic white settlers uh, came through and uh, crushed the aboriginal people beneath their uh, beneath their horses and oxen so that sculpture at some stage um, should have a jackhammer applied to it and there should be because uh, that, that is an absolute lie uh, it's, it's truthful in the uh, it uh, commemorates the the massacres and uh, and atrocities perpetrated against the Aboriginal people, who who fought and died in defence of country. Uh, but it's also a sense of that sculpture that uh, Aboriginal people were crushed into history and that we're no longer we're no longer around. But that's that's an absolute lie because Aborig Aboriginal people have survived and we're here and we're still fighting for justice and recognition of the fact that uh, this is our country. So, to begin with, we'd uh, acknowledge the fact that we are gathered on the sacred lands of the, of the Jagara language-speaking people. Our country extends from the Sunshine Coast down to Moreton Bay, which is known as Pondamooka, down to the Logan Albert Rivers, out to Ipswich, and back into the Toowoomba Ranges 
and back down to the top of the river. That's the country of the Jagara language people. And uh, this particular area around inner city of Brisbane uh, is known as uh, Baguncheon. And these were places of, of enormous cultural importance to us. Where the city hall has been built used to be a, a sweet water swamp and there used to be a, a spring that come from so-called Spring Hill uh, down into this swamp. So this place was a, an area where large numbers of our people would, would gather and uh, camp and access a wide variety of, of food sources. And the, the creek would run down where Creek Street is into Maywa, which is the Brisbane River. So as I said, there's a, a long history of cultural connection between our people, the, the Jagara language speaking people, and, uh, and this particular area. So on behalf of our elders and our senior people, uh, we would reach out to the people of the, of the Muslim community. Uh, what happened in Christchurch a few days ago was, was uh, has shocked and stunned us all. Um, across the Aboriginal community, we have had long, long-time connections with the with Muslim people. We all know that uh, back in the 1800s and 1900s, the uh, in order to open up um, South Australia, Northern Territory, Western Australia, and parts of Queensland, that uh, the colonial authorities imported uh, camels into Australia, and with the camels, they also bought large numbers of uh, Afghanistanis camel drivers. Well, the Afghanistani camel drivers came across and travelled from regularly from Adelaide through to the centre and up to Darwin and to. And they also carried medical supplies and food in the large numbers of Aboriginal communities right through that country. And during those years, the 1800s and 1900s, they, they formed associations with the Aboriginal communities and uh, a lot of young blokes being quite good-looking young Afghanistanis blokes were looking for uh, female company, so they formed associations with Aboriginal ladies, but uh, they did the honourable thing. They uh, formed relationships and actually married Aboriginal ladies. So right along those pathways and place like down there in, in uh, South Australia at the bottom end of, of Lake Eyre at a place called Maree, that was one particularly large centre uh, where Afghanistanis people formed that very close association with Aboriginal, Aboriginal people. So as I said, there's been, for a number of years, number of decades now, there's been that very close connection between Muslim people and Aboriginal people. So when these sorts of incidents happen, uh, it impacts on us because we uh, regard people of the Muslim community as our family as well. So on behalf of our elders and our senior people, uh, we say to you that uh, we stand with you during this time of sorry business uh, and we will continue to stand with you and, and struggle for justice and uh, we will defend your rights to be a part of this respected and beloved members of this community one time. So our mob, our elders and senior people, welcome uh, and we have, there's only one race of people on our country, on Aboriginal land and that is a human race one time. Thank you.
That, of course, was Mop and the Dropouts that um, uh, singing Brisbane Blacks and, uh, <coughs> pardon me, Sam Watson told me one time down at the Med Shed there uh, on the banks of the river there, uh, he said... My name's Adam Hudson. <laughs> he he said that I... Uh, you know, we got to play this this music because this is my this is our music. You know, and uh, so Mop and the Dropouts, a very important Brisbane band, and, and and a symbol of the times and struggles that Uncle Sam Watson went through. It's hard to actually get your head around all of the the 
the the things and even to state all of the areas of um, social and political agitation that Sam Watson was involved in. For example, he was on the board of uh, Link Up, which is the federal body set up to try to help connect people back to country and back to their mob. Um, as well as that, he, of course, he was formerly on the board of Murray Watch, which Sam had in the early 1990s, he took a leading role in the struggle here in Brisbane against uh, black deaths in custody. And that was because um, Daniel York, a young songman, had been killed in West End by police and uh, that led to the Royal Commission of Inquiry and Sam pushed that all the way through to when, you know, Mulrungi was killed by um, policeman Chris Hurley uh, in 2004. Sam was still really the linchpin on that, in that struggle. And of course, when the Queensland government jailed Lex Watton, Sam fought for to have Lex freed. And in, in the end, I mean, the government had to concede that um, by a very large payout that uh, they had completely misread what had happened up there in the watch house in, on Palm Island. He was very involved in the work around the Stolen Generations and he refused to accept that the Stolen Generations was a thing of the past. And I know he attended a number of meetings that I was involved in organising where he was lamenting the the ongoing stealing of Aboriginal children these days by um, children's services and by other organisations. So just to give you a little idea of... Um, of, of some of the work that he's done. Here's Sam, I don't know, you, you probably, people probably remember that earlier this year there was a big hubbub because it was re revealed by Four Corners that Queensland police, uh, helped by the Queensland government, were actually incarcerating children in the Brisbane Watch House and in other watch houses around the state without even having a proper habeas corpus or anything like that. So a uh, terrible situation. But just to, this is a rally that was organised by Sam Watson to try to um, persuade the Queensland government to stop jailing our kids. There are laws in place. State laws, state statutes, federal laws, federal statutes, and there's a large number of Queensland government is in breach of their own laws, federal law, and also in national treaties. That, that is not acceptable. And when governments break the laws, we the people have to make a stand and force them to honour those laws. That, that's why we're here. So, as I said, we're going to have hear from speakers, um, and then we're going to march across the road. Tomorrow night uh, there will be a, uh, a, a picket down at the City Watch House in, uh, in Roma Street. Tammy, where's Tammy? So Tammy will talk from Amnesty International, and that's important. Uh, I think we should be doing something 
every couple of days, whatever it takes, to until our children are back with either families or their communities somewhere other than where they are now. That, that, is, that is wrong. These, these children, we all know kids, we all know kids. We all know they can be little hardheads, you know? But uh, you don't do that, you don't lock them into these Tinkerbody washhouses. Uh, and you've got uh, police manning, they're staffing the washhouse. But I doubt very much whether, whether police have uh, been received any sort of training uh, or any requirements about how to respond to traumatise and stress out children. So that's causing problems there as well.
That was Jumping Fences with The Quiet of the Winter Moon, uh, a local band that Sam used to often introduce and uh, enjoy along with many others. Uh, of course, Sam was involved in music himself. He was uh, he w- was a performer in and one of the originators of um, a, a choir, a local choir. Sam was a committed socialist um, and he was centrally involved in protecting the rights of workers, both Indigenous and non-Indigenous. And so he argued that um, the Aboriginal rights movement and the trade union movement, they should unite in solidarity with one another and the Indigenous struggle more widely and those in the trade union movement and on the political left. Just before the show, I was at a meeting at Jagera Hall. Um, Sam Watson was the chairperson of the Jagera Hall committee and, of course, one of his big projects was the building of the Aboriginal Cultural Centre, which has been frustrated for so long by successive governments. This was uh, dear to Sam's heart, and he was in negotiations with um, the, the powers that be to try to get that project moving, such an important project for all of Brisbane. We're the only capital city in Australia that does not have an Aboriginal cultural centre. I was Anyway, I was at this meeting at Jagera Hall. It was um, about land rights. Uh, it was a very big meeting of over 40 traditional owners who are literally fed up with the native title confusion that, that exists. And they are coming together and their voice will be heard in months to come. Well, Sam was supposed to chair that meeting today, but he was unable to. He passed away. And one of the... Um, leading Aboriginal people said to me, well, we've got to find a replacement. And where, where will that come from is the big question. I know Sam did his best um, to try to encourage young people to come forward. And I'd just like to play now, um, but just to hear Sam Watson's grandson and the level of political consciousness this young man ha- has for the new generation who are coming forward. My name's Sam Watson. I'm a Wanjaribara man, Yugambeya-speaking people from south of here. But, and I just wanted to come up and give my solidarity to our Mapuche family on the other side of the world, to the people in West Papua, the people in Palestine, the people all over the world who are facing this settler colonial violence because they do not see their land. It's disgusting the way that that one people will be decimated because they stand in the way of profits, because they stand in the way of corporations and governments who are driven by money, who are driven by capitalism. It is disgusting. We need to stand against it, all right? It is not just that we do not want foreign people on our land. We do not want to be murdered by people who come onto our land to exploit it. That is the problem here. I just want to give my solidarity because as an Aboriginal man, I know what it's like I know what it's like to be dispossessed of culture and country and, and language. And I wanted to come up and say that Mapuche people, West Papuan people, Palestinian people who have all been driven off their lands, driven onto reserves, driven into concentration camps, I stand in solidarity with them. And I think that everyone should because it's everyone's business to be against capitalism because it fucks us all over. You know, as, as uh, a socialist, we have a saying that you touch one, you touch all. So I want to say now that, you know, 
I am with Mapuche people, with West Papuan people, with uh, Palestinian people, and the only way to win this is to come together. Come together. That was Sam Watson's grandson. Um, of course, his children, uh, Sam Wagon Watson, uh, is a very talented poet and uh, writer, and Nicole Watson is a writer as well. Um, it just is amazing what uh, he has given uh, to to us. Um, there are two important announcement announcements I should make now before we go out. Uh, the first one is that out of respect for Sam Watson. The um, Reimagine Brisbane uh, Festival of Ideas that was to be held at Jagra Hall there in Musgrove Park, it's been postponed. However, um, as, a, as a respect, um, there, there will be... Uh, people are, are welcome to come up to the hall at 11am tomorrow, that's Saturday tomorrow, um, for an introduction and acknowledgement of country and uh, a moment's uh, silence for Sam Watson and there'll be a discussion about um, housing, very important issue for Sam, and also uh, about transport and there'll be a free vegetarian lunch. The other thing is that um, the Murray Christmas party is still on um, and that that is coming up, uh, I should say now, and it's, it's coming up, it'll be in Musgrave Park, on the 14th of December from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. So bring your kids along. Uh, it's a, it's a, a free-for-all. <laughs> It'll be down near the uh, playground area in Musgrave Park. There'll be some be- uh, rock climbing, uh, swings, um, food, everything for the kids. And, of course, uh, Father Christmas will be there with gifts as well. So that's it. I'm going to go out now with a song by Kev Carmody, River of Tears. There's a cold rain on the autumn wind, brother murdered in Sydney town. Mark for brother on the supposed eagle covering his home, gunned him down. We say, oh, 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 gunned him down. Sad rivers of tears to hundred years in the river of fear. And him down. They took him out of point blank range in his home with his small young son. Shot him dead in his marble bed with a pump action 12 gauge shotgun. Fatherless child, grieving wife, a black fugitive on the run. On the run, two centuries from oppression's loaded guns. We say, oh, Smashing through your door You're not safe outside on Freedom Street You're not safe inside the camp There's shotguns and there's stun guys The license to drop you where you stand We say whoa, 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 whoa Sad rivers of tears Two hundred years in the river of fear They're gunning down 